Hello and welcome to the State of the Fleet Industry, a weekly video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine and which is sponsored by Circle K. I'm Mike Antich, editor of Automotive Fleet, and today I'd like to examine what's occurring in the fleet industry for the week of January 3rd, 2022. And to start my report, I'd like to wish everyone a very happy new year and to express my hope that 2022 will be a better year than what we all experienced in 2020 and 2021. Well, at least that's my hope because here we are at the start of a new year, and who would have predicted that 2022 would begin with such a high degree of uncertainty and unpredictability? So what do I mean by this? Well, first, we have this unbelievable and quickly spreading Omicron variant virus, which is breaking one record after another in terms of total number of daily infections. And as of last Thursday, December 29th, there were an average of almost 356,000 new infections reported every day, every day in that prior week. And I can remember reading articles as recently as May 2021 stating that the COVID virus would be gone by the end of the year. Well, here we are at the beginning of the next year, 2022, with a record number of daily infections, not only in the U.S., but around the world. And as a result, the pandemic is continuing to impact the automotive industry and has done so since day one of 2022. And here are some examples. One, the Geneva, Montreal, and Toronto auto shows have all announced that they will cancel their auto shows in calendar year 2022 due to the uncertainty of the pandemic. GM announced that it's pulled out of the 2022 Consumer Electronics Show, which was a very important show for GM because they plan to reveal the upcoming Silverado EV pickup there. I mean, the reveal will still occur, but instead of in-person, it'll now be virtual. Not the same. And earlier in December, Ford announced that it's delayed until March 2022, its return to the office hybrid plan for its white collar employees because of the ongoing uncertainty about the pandemic. But this feeling of uncertainty goes beyond simply COVID. You know, for example, we're also witnessing the emergence of the highest rate of inflation in 40 years. We're feeling the pinch of upward pressure on all fleet costs, in particular, the higher price of fuel. And we're continuing to be impacted by the ongoing supply chain constraints. For example, the microchip shortage still continues, and it's now into its second year. I mean, who would have predicted that? And current industry estimates are that the microchip shortage will linger through mid-2022. However, as I've said in the past, the CEOs of the microchip manufacturers continue to be less optimistic about when the microchip shortage will be resolved than those of us in the auto industry. For example, one chip manufacturer, ST Micro, estimates that the shortage won't end until early calendar year 2023. Not 2022, but early 2023. And the CEO of Intel, another major chip manufacturer, also believes the microchip shortage will extend into calendar year 2023. But it's not all negative news. There continues to be a, a many positive trends in the fleet industry. For instance, used vehicle prices continue to remain strong. The forecast is that the resale values will remain robust through the upcoming spring market, which has traditionally been a strong time for used vehicle sales as income tax refunds received at that time are often used as down payments by many consumers to buy used vehicles. And another positive factor, especially in terms of out-of-stock fleet purchases, is that vehicle inventory levels on dealer lots continue to improve. And despite lower production volumes for new vehicles, um, 
Due to the microchip shortage, automakers are generating strong profits by prioritizing the manufacturing of higher margin vehicles, namely trucks, and their newfound flexibility to reduce incentives since there's a reduced need to stimulate buyer demand. And when you weigh all of these positives and negatives together over the past two years, the underlying market environment continues to be one of ongoing uncertainty. Last November, I received a one-word, one-word email from a viewer in response to the weekly State of the Fleet Industry video report that month. As I said, there was only one word in the email, and it was written in all capital letters that said VUCA, V-U-C-A. I never heard of the term VUCA before, and upon researching it, I discovered that it's actually a fairly well-known management acronym. The V stands for volatility, U stands for uncertainty, C stands for complexity, and A for ambiguity. And all of these factors are at play in today's market. There's volatility, uncertainty, complexity of today's problems, and ambiguity in not knowing how to read the market. And in my online research, I discovered that the concept of VUCA was first developed by the U.S. Army War College, and that it was used to describe the changing geopolitical environment of the time, and was soon adopted as a management term in the curriculum of many MBA programs. So when you have a moment, look up VUCA and Wikipedia for a more detailed explanation. But as we start 2022, this calendar year looks to personify the concept of VUCA, and I agree with this reader. And here's why I feel this way. I mean, who would have predicted that in 2022, we'd be starting the second year of constraints to the global supply chain? And who would have predicted that in 2022, we'd be starting the third year of the pandemic? So last week I was on vacation between Christmas and New Year, and I was with a group of people that I had never met before. And I discovered that the person I was talking with was from Los Angeles, my hometown. And upon our conversation, discovered that he was a doctor at Martin Luther King Hospital located in central Los Angeles. He had a very interesting theory as to how long COVID will persist. As he told me, the COVID virus needs a host body to survive, namely you and I. And the most virulent strains of COVID, namely the most severe COVID, actually kills the host, the person infected. But in doing so, the virus also dies when the host body dies. And in many ways, it's a form of reverse natural selection. And if you remember, natural selection is the survival of the strongest. But with COVID, just the opposite happens. The strongest and most deadly COVID virus strains are all destined to die when the host body dies. And his theory is that ultimately, only the less virulent or less severe strains of COVID will survive in the future. And you know, his theory has some real-world support based on what's happened in the historical record of prior global pandemics. So, for instance, the last global pandemic was the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918, which killed an estimated 20 to 50 million people. So it was far more severe than the COVID of today. The Spanish flu appeared in four different waves, similar to the different variants of COVID that we're experiencing today, but ultimately the Spanish flu disappeared. There weren't any sort of vaccines for the Spanish flu, nothing like that was invented. The Spanish flu just dissipated and eventually disappeared. And the question is, why did the Spanish flu disappear? And no one knows for certain, but the theory is that the Spanish flu ultimately mutated into a less severe virus and ultimately became indistinguishable from influenza, which is what it's a form of. Might this be the same fate for the COVID virus, which 
essentially is a severe form of the flu. You know, we can only hope that it is the case, but ultimately only time will tell. So with this as my final observation, I'd like to conclude my State of the Fleet Industry presentation for the week of January 3rd, 2022. Thank you for watching.